brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Are you kidding me? You are looking live. Winning cures everything. Now for your hosts, Gary and Chris. Welcome in, Winning Cures Everything. It's the Monday, January 24th edition of the show. I'm Gary. I'm Chris. And first off, let me go ahead and tell Chris thank you for handling the show last Wednesday. Uh, I have been kind of down for the count. So last week, early last week, uh, my wife tested positive for COVID, and I had already been out of work for a little while uh, because we had been a, a, a close contact. But then my symptoms went away. Last weekend, I, I had very mild symptoms last week, and uh, and they all went away. And then my wife tested positive on Monday, you know Martin Luther King Day, and I uh, I was fine, but I couldn't go back to work yet because I was another close contact. And uh, and then about Tuesday evening, roundabout, uh, you know, I'd been taking care of uh, my wife and, and the child and whatnot, and then. Man, I got hit hard with it on Wednesday. So if anybody watched the Bet US College Football Show, uh, that's what was up. So I uh, I caught it. I am a, you know my old nickname now is uh, is old COVID positive Gary. So, <laughs> but I certainly appreciate you handling that last week. Uh, mm-hmm. I know you went to uh, you went to Detroit last week. Yeah. Right? So I, I was not expecting us to not be able to do a show on Thursday, which is our Wednesday show. Yeah. Um, and uh and so yeah i just assumed i'd be able to do it from the phone because i was in a shitty hotel yeah no that's in, a totally what in we a expected. really rough town too like, oh, i was i was I in was, a bad position <laughs> no no no, no. <laughs> so so let me tell you about detroit i had watched like a lot of like the hgtv crap where my, my you know this is something my, my, my family likes and, and whatever it's good background information for while we're hanging out and doing stuff around the house during non-sports related times. So I don't have control of TV and uh, I've seen like a hundred shows on there. Maybe it's like one show that they just show over and over again, but of like people fixing up Detroit and like yeah. it having like this niche cool, like vibe and, and like hipster vibe or whatever, like cleaned up what, and I, I didn't find that place. <laughs> I didn't find that place. I felt so bad flying in. Like I flew in and a, like ridiculously cold this is against all of my wills of even wanting to be here and i just thought this is a hellscape man like like memphis is not a great town memphis is a right. million times better than this like Did it just looked terrible like when, once you got in i've ev- heard around every, the airport every bad, but. every area i because i yeah, i stayed at like an airport hotel at airport marriott it was nice it was a nice hotel uh, the hotel was fine but like i drove about 20 to 30 minutes away every time I went to do something throughout my time. So I kind of got to see like different areas of Detroit. I didn't just stay in this one spot next to the airport. They, they were all different levels of fine, but they, nothing looked, nothing looked like nobody looked like they wanted to be there. 
oh, at all. God. And my first thought was, just, why are you people here? <laughs> like you do know that like if you if you go down, it's it's nicer, it's warmer, it's like like we have like a PF Chang's, like it's fine. Like we're yeah. not a third world country down here. You can come. It's it's <laughs> it's nicer. It's but like why do people live there? Well, it's why like, are there people there? Because why is there that a major city? There used to be a lot of people there, right? And and it was the the mecca for uh, automotive industry, right? For the automotive industry, but yeah, obviously a but lot now of that's, that's gone away. Here. But that's what I'm saying is that a lot of that uh, is still families that are from there that have just oh. been there forever and don't don't leave. You think they know they can't leave? Like, do they know that they're allowed to leave? Do you do you think people say that about us? Because I mean, we've been in the Memphis area basically our whole. Uh, lives. Well, yeah, no, I spent a decade of my life trying to leave Memphis, and then I realized that's not going to happen. Yeah. I, I'm just going to set down roots. Well, yeah, I mean, we, uh, we set down roots. Both of us did. Both yeah. of us had opportunities and uh, and just decided, hey, you know, we're going to stay closer to family and whatnot because it, it made sense for us, right? And it might make sense for them. Like, I don't know why um, because, I, like, personally, I look at it and I think, man, if I lived up there where it is that cold all the time and it's just kind of dreary and whatnot – I'd probably get out of there. But so um, here's here's what's know. strange. I've been to Chicago. I understand that. I've been to Cleveland and I understand that. Cleveland has some nice areas. And now we're in a we're in a Mexican standoff here. My wife's trying to get my dog out of here. So <laughs> so the kids can go to bed because I'm about to be loud. But oh, yeah. but also he doesn't want to leave now. But as soon as she closes that door and she oh, leaves, he'll he'll want to be out. Yep. He's gonna want to leave. Oh, I understand that. I understand that. Get uh, out of here, dummy. Well, while right. hey, tell me this: while you were uh, while you were in Detroit, you didn't happen to stop by and uh, and talk to Harbaugh over in Ann Arbor, did you? No, I didn't. I was <laughs> I was like only I don't know forty minutes away, yeah, hour and away far. from Ann Arbor. I wouldn't realized it wasn't real far at all. Um, and no, no, I didn't. I, I wouldn't have minded that. I would have I'd have chatted with him. <laughs> maybe I'd get, got, uh, I'll maybe tell you this: details. I'd have gotten information. Yeah, I would have gotten I'd have gotten the truth out of him. Well, because we this this thing is going back, and we're going to talk about it. Uh, you know, towards the end of the show. Um, obviously, we have some NFL games to discuss, but yeah, the Harbaugh stuff is just back and forth, back and forth, and uh, and we'll hit on that and, and what Michigan might do, et cetera. Uh, but yes, what a mess! What a mess that is. I mean, if you're Michigan, like, how do you? I mean, you just you just keep on as if Harbaugh's your guy, and I get that, but man, it is really confusing, and it's got to be somewhat infuriating. Um, but maybe not. I mean, maybe they all know the truth, and the truth is that he's just going to stay, and all this stuff is rumor. Uh, but part of me doubts it. So we'll uh, we'll talk about that. Let's uh, let's go ahead and dive into the games that were over the weekend. And, and Chris, before we dive into specific games, do you remember a better NFL weekend than this? Um, no, it's hard to it's hard to get better than these four games that we got. I it, think that's really the biggest is. thing, right? Because we've had like we've had uh, uh, not wild card. We've had. Um, championship weekends where both games were really really good right we yeah, had but you the, only have two games but you only, only having two. two as opposed to getting four this weekend uh oh. it, it's a big difference yes yes four fantastic games that come down to the last possession it's just unbelievable like, i don't remember having a weekend like this uh it, at least one of the games is pretty handily decided at some point, right? There's always some kind of a discrepancy, uh, whether it's in talent or coaching or a quarterback play or something. But to get games like this, I don't think you get them that often. So hopefully everybody got to enjoy the entire full spectrum 
of games because we got four good ones. We'll start off with the one that ended closest to when we are recording, and that is the Kansas City Chiefs, 42, and the Buffalo Bills, 36, in overtime. And, brother, uh, this was, I mean, just a back-and-forth haymaker after haymaker in the fourth quarter. Patrick Mahomes surpassed Russell Wilson with the most postseason passing yards among quarterbacks in the first five seasons since 1950. Um, Chiefs 29-5 and when scoring a TD on their first offensive possession uh, since Mahomes became a starter. That includes the playoffs. I mean, it's just ridiculous. You look at the quarterback comparison, uh, Josh Allen played about as perfect as you can play and still lost the game. Uh, 27 yep. out of 37, 329, four TDs, no touch or no interceptions. Uh, he had 68 rushing yards. Patrick Mahomes on the other side, 33 out of 44, 378, four TDs, zero interceptions, 69 rushing yards. Uh, this was, uh, let, let's start off with this. Gabe Davis, or Gabriel Davis, the, Gabriel the kid Davis. from UCF, uh, coming into this game, he had 35 receptions on the year. He had six touchdowns on the year. And he scored four touchdowns in this game. <laughs> I mean, that's, I, I just, I don't even, I can't, I can't make sense of this. He, nobody has done this. They talked about it on the broadcast. Four receiving touchdowns is absurd. Yes. Jerry Rice didn't do that. Nobody has ever done that. And now that first off, that kind of shocked me that nobody's ever done that because we have had some pretty high scoring games, but yeah, but it's usually with massive offenses that spread the ball right. around a lot that spread it around. Exactly. And, and this guy, it, I'm not going to say that Davis came out of nowhere because he's always kind of been a threat, but they could never find a guy to put on him. It was really, really interesting. What they, they did. did a great job of saying Diggs, you're not going to beat us. And the bills said, that's fine. Yeah, that's fine. We, we won't go to Diggs all night because Diggs probably had his worst performance, you know, definitely of the playoffs and, and maybe of the year. And and he just didn't get a lot of looks, didn't get a lot of balls, didn't get a lot of touches, and it didn't matter. It just yeah. didn't. They just said, we're going to lock him down. And the Bills said, great. It great. Was, we uh, have other guys that will step up. And it was, it was strange to look at the way that the game played early, right? It was, um, yeah. you know, 14-14 at the half. And then you get into the fourth quarter, and what was it? Four lead change—excuse uh, me, lead changes or ties in the last like 124 seconds. Yeah, it was I like mean, a minute and 54 seconds. Um, the lead changed like four times. They scored 25 total points uh, in, in, in that in that span of time. It was just score, 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 score. Um, yeah. So, if, so if to say the defenses. Lost, go ahead. Go ahead. To say the defenses weren't like playing well in this game was was wrong all of that happened at the end but that's when the defenses are just completely gassed which which i will tell you i've now it has taken me a long time you know me i'm not quick to just change things just because they don't go the way most people want them to go right like just because you don't like the outcome doesn't mean we change a rule all right but I do think I have evolved on the overtime rule, and it's for this reason. I used to be a firm believer that defenses get paid too, right? <laughs> but if you but if you look at defenses, and that was always the rule is 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 they're they're a part of the team as well, and they have to stop somebody. But the game has evolved so much into all of the benefits help the offense and scoring touchdowns. They did the thing where. 
field, if you kick a field goal, you know, the other team still gets a shot because kickers can make it from 50. Well, the reason they did that was because kickers were too good. So they realized we've got to evolve the rule. Well, well, now they have to realize that the game has become so offensive friendly that that scoring for 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 these these super teams is just not a hard thing to do. Stopping them is virtually impossible, well, especially late in the game, like when you said or what you yeah. said. All these defenses are just totally gassed. gassed. I mean, they, if you they've have got to play, nothing left. Yeah. yeah, if you've got to play against uh, Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes and those speedy receivers for an entire game, uh, your cornerbacks are either gassed or they're out, right? Yeah. So so I, in our group chat, I, I'm i watching this game. I see Josh Allen and them score, 13 seconds left. And all I can think of is, man, extra football would be awesome here. The team I want to win is leading. They have the lead. And I'm thinking, this game deserves overtime. And the second we got overtime, realization came in, and I thought, oh, no, overtime actually kind of ruins this game. Because now you're left with whoever wins the coin flip is going to win the game. There was no question in my mind of that. When I won it overtime, I know a coin flip is 50-50, but at no point in time did I acknowledge or realize oh, the Bills might lose his coin toss. I just <laughs> thought it was going to happen. I don't know why. And then I thought, oh, but even if the Bills win the coin toss, I win my bet. I, 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 you know, a team that I want to win is going forward. And it, it's one of those things where it still feels anticlimactic. It's not the yeah. way the game was supposed to end. Agreed. Either give me another full quarter or both teams get a shot at the ball. Yeah, I, I'm I'm totally no, okay. I'm with okay that. with the I, I'm okay with not doing the full quarter. Okay, I get yeah. that that that's ridiculous. I know that they're wanting to mitigate the number of snaps, but offenses are scoring touchdowns so easily now. It doesn't matter. You got to give the other team the chance. And what's weird is I'm thinking of games that you know the Ravens and the Steelers or, or teams like that, like, well, they go into overtime and they can't score the entire time together because they're God awful. Like I understand there are only some teams that can do this, but when you're playing one of those teams, you got to be able to have a shot. Well, I think it, look at it this way. Okay. It, it, this is a very easy fix. Uh, if the first team comes out and scores a touchdown on that first drive, the other team Gets an, basically make it the same as a field goal. Like, well, no, it is. Make yeah. the touchdown. That's yeah, it. that's all you, you got to do. Not, you just now change the rule to, to where, yeah, both teams get a shot at touching the ball. Yes, and that, that makes it super easy, right? Because then after that, if Josh Allen were to have taken them down the field and scored another touchdown and they decided to kick as opposed to go for two. That's right. At that point, then you got a tie ball game and next score wins. And somebody's going to score <laughs> at some point, you know, it, and it may be very quickly. But if you give Buffalo the the ball back... It like just seems you, anticlimactic because even if the Bills would have won the coin toss and they would have went down, seeing Patrick not have a shot after we've watched that game, it's just anticlimactic to realize, oh, whoever wins this coin toss is going to win this football game. Yeah, yeah, you're you're 100% right. A hundred percent right. Um, looking at some of the EPA numbers, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, you know, EPA per play 
the Chiefs got zero on their rushing plays. They got .51 uh, per pass. Uh, the Bills, .21 per rush, .5 per pass. I mean, it, it, this was this was about as well-played a game as you could possibly get. I mean, it was just it, it's such a perfect, perfect football game uh, for anybody that loves offense, obviously. And, and if you like defense, there was enough of that in their first half, you know, some of the third quarter as well. Uh, it went haywire in the fourth quarter, which is what good games do, especially when you got dueling quarterbacks that are able to take advantage when somebody goes out. Hey, if I, uh, if I told you to guess the average depth of target for both Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes, uh, what would you guess? Ooh, so I would venture to say that they're very different. Am I right on that? Uh, yeah, pretty different. Okay, I would have guessed that Josh Allen's is substantially larger than Patrick Mahomes. Most certainly. You want me to give you the numbers? Well, I watched I watched the game, which is why I know yeah. that. Josh Allen was dropping bombs, and Patrick was hitting guys three three yards out, and those guys are just the fastest people on the planet. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Uh, A dot for Josh Allen, 8.1, and Patrick Mahomes was 5.2. I'm shocked that it was five. Yeah. I'm shocked that it was five yards. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, and Josh Allen opened the game up doing something that I haven't seen the Bills do a lot this year, which I might have just missed this. They threw to the running back a ton in the first half of this football game. Now, they really didn't do it in the second. But in the first half of the football game, their offense was dink and dunk to the running back, which made that number come way down. Way down. From oh, what yeah. it normally is. No, you're uh, you're not wrong about that. Oh, he's got the all. strongest arm in the game right now. Oh, and, yeah. and, and, and he oh. – I, I, that, I think we just pass, saw the two best quarterbacks in like, football. That that deep pass that either obviously Gabriel Davis again, um, yeah. but it, where he threw it over the top of yep. uh, what was it a, a safety too too deep? I, yeah, I I've never like seen anybody be it able to do that. Dropped in the basket. I mean, yeah. I've seen guys do it, and I've seen the throw happen. It's just not a throw that happens a lot because it's a pretty hard throw. Oh yeah, it's it is incredibly difficult. But he hit over the top of these guys. Yeah. I mean, it was unreal. And so now, I've yeah, seen a couple. Was, I mean, I've seen guys do it a lot, just not yeah. as often as we see him do it. He's just. It's amazing to me that the the knock on him coming out of college was accuracy, hey. because that that sob was about as accurate as I could ever imagine tonight. <laughs> Well, I mean, it, but it wasn't just in college. I mean, it was also the same thing uh, in the pros for like the first, what, year and a half? And yeah, but that team was not good at all. Well, no, they weren't, but it, a lot, some of it had to do with the fact that he was not accurate with the football. I mean, he had a ton of uncatchable passes that he just could not get where they needed to be. And obviously, he has gotten a lot better. He has been developed, like big yeah. time developed. So. Uh, I would imagine we'll hear something about Brian Dable taking a job somewhere uh, because what he's done with that offense since he got there has been pretty remarkable. Pretty remarkable. Uh, let's move on to the Rams and the Bucks. The Rams win 30-27. to And first off, uh, Rams fumbles. Good gracious. Uh, four of them in the game? Is that right? Yeah. I mean, it was just and then, ridiculous. Well, and two weeks ago when they lost to the 49ers, who they get to play for a third time that they haven't beaten all year, yep. the, it was interception, interception, interception. Oh, yeah. This team cannot hurt. Help, help, they can't help but hurt themselves. Oh, yeah. It's insane. It is really insane. Uh, Matt Stafford in this game led his 43rd career game-winning drive. It's the most among any player since entering the NFL in 2009. Uh, this includes playoffs, of course. 
Um, the Rams won a playoff game with four giveaways for the first time since at least 1940. Teams that did that in the past were 0-8 in such games. And uh, the last team to win back-to-back Super Bowls was New England in 2003-2004. Uh, this is now the longest drought without back-to-back winners in NFL history. So, kind of kind of strange, kind of interesting. Uh, Tom Brady faced uh, 17 pressures in this game. It's the most that he has faced in the game all season. I think well, we knew that, that was going to be a problem yeah, after week Tristan one worse. of the playoff. Well, it's not just worst. Well, I, I agree. They, they, they only have two of their starting five offensive linemen. Starting. Yes, yes, but what I'm Two. saying is that we, we had a feeling it was going to be uh, even worse. Because both tackles, not it's not just worse, both worse. tackles. Yeah. And then the backup tackle that was taking worse spot today also was playing hurt. You can see that yeah. he was barely able to step on his foot, and he's having to guard, you know, Von Miller, and then sometimes, uh, you know, uh, Aaron Donald. And it's just, it's an impossible task. It's it like we watched Patrick Mahomes try to play in a Super Bowl without an offensive line, and it wasn't close. It wasn't close. He got the hell beat out of him. Tom at least found a way to to get some kind of offense going to where they could keep it close. Now he capitalized on a lot of the turnovers and and things like that, but it, it was just one of those things where you see how impossible of a task it is to try and stop legit defenses which right now you know that front for for the rams is probably the best left in the game and and i know there's a team out there with joey bosa on it and it doesn't matter yeah you know the the collection of talent but the rams have put together a team exactly like the dodgers can they put it together can they win it maybe i don't know we'll see if a bunch of superstars can can win a title for they get to do it at home like the next two games if, if they get by the 49ers they got them at home, uh, then they will have the Super Bowl at home. And, I mean, obviously Tampa Bay getting to do it last year. Uh, how how ironic is it that... So we've never had it, now we might have two, two might years in a row. Back-to-back. I mean, just yeah. ridiculous. Uh, the way that this thing went down, uh, you know, you get into the third quarter, and it's 27-3, to and it looks like Tampa Bay has nothing in the tank. Like, nothing whatsoever. And all of a sudden... I mean, you turn this thing back around and... Tom starts figuring stuff out. Yes. Yes. He's 100%. a problem solver. Uh, he no. most certainly is. Uh, it's something interesting about this game. Uh, so, there's a, an interesting... Over at rbsdm.com slash stats. It's basically the NFL R, like, analytics site, right? Um, the guy that does it, Ben Baldwin, is the guy. Uh, and you can find him on Twitter. He's a really interesting follow. Uh, he does a, a very interesting series success basically anytime you get a new set of downs that counts as a new series right in this game the rams had 35 series and the bucks had 31 rams were 68.6 success rate and the bucks were 64.5 so both really really successful when they had the ball overall um but the interesting part about this was the team that had uh the that started with a pass more often on their series, they won every single playoff game. So the the Rams started with the pass eighty seven point five percent. The Bucks started seventy three point nine percent. I I found that very interesting that it it happened to fall for every single one of these playoff games. Um, I take that back. They just updated the Bills numbers, and the Bills actually were eighty six point four to eighty four percent. But the fact that both of them were were damn near eighty five percent is 
pretty far out there. And we'll talk more about San Francisco and Green Bay, you know, et cetera, et cetera, the Bengals and whatnot. Um, But passing, like trying to be somewhat unpredictable on early downs is a big, big thing here. I I don't know that I blame the Bucs for running as much as they did because they had to. They were, they didn't have as many weapons. I, this was, we haven't seen Brady play uh, or, or not be the better quarterback in a quarterback duel in quite some time. And Matt Stafford played, I mean, almost perfect ball. I mean, he was really, really good today. Uh, what did you think about Stafford and, uh, and Brady's play in this one? Well, I mean, I thought Stafford played great. He had all, you know, he had all the protection in the world. They didn't get like really a lot of pressure on him whatsoever. Um, you know, they, he, he just was accurate. He was Matt Stafford. He, he's going up against a very inexperienced secondary. So that helps. Um, got a good front seven, but a week back, you know, three or four. And, uh, and he was able to pick them apart. Matt Stafford they, had a hell of a game. They Tom, were healthier, like, like, said, way healthier well, yeah. than the Bucks. Like, well, no, they're yeah, they're, they're missing Robert Woods, but they replaced Robert Woods with Odell. Yeah, like they're they they're this is the team that they are hoping to have, and 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 they've you know, <laughs> it seems to be everything lining up for them to to get them what they need. Yes. Okay, they, they're loaded, they're playing well. Even when they make mistakes, which four fumbles today, none of them really Stafford's fault, uh, which is what you want to see. Um, and, uh, and and yeah, I mean, he, he had a hell of a game. So I know, he, he most certainly did. Cam Akers, of course, uh, you know, the majority of the fumbles there. Um, if they score from the one, I don't think this game ever gets to where it got to. Um, but, you know, who's to say? Who's to say? Uh, Odell Beckham was the best wide receiver as far as EPA per play, but obviously anybody who watched the game, Cooper Cup may have been the MVP of the entire game. I mean, he might have been the MVP of the weekend. Cooper Cup was just unbelievable. Um, But again, Matt Stafford puts him in great positions, so it is what it is. Leonard Fournette was actually pretty good in this one. Uh, Cam Akers, the situation there, like him coming back from injury, he still just looks rusty, man. He just, you know, and we'll see what he looks like next week going up against that 49ers defense. Because that that could be a very interesting game, I uh I mean again, a wonderful game. It was twenty seven to three, and then the Bucks do the comeback, and this looked like an epic collapse. I mean, just epic choke job by yeah. the Rams, and no doubt. and cheers to them for for getting that thing done with what thirty something seconds left. I mean, just a deep pass. How how guys like Travis Kelsey and Cooper Cup get open? When, when you would feel like the majority of people know the ball is coming their way, it just blows my mind. Now, I understand the defenses that they call and whatnot. What Tampa Bay did still makes no sense to me, even hours and hours and hours later. Bringing the blitz the way that they did on that play, just... I, but Gary, I think they had to because they don't have the secondary. They I, don't. I, I'm you with know, you. You know you're going to collect connect a pass... If if we don't rush anybody and we just drop everybody back, you know they're going to get something. You have to make them have incompletions, and the only way to do that is to get him on his ass or to make him throw the ball away. Okay, that's the only way because the secondary is too beat up. The secondary is too inexperienced and not good enough in ta- in Tampa Bay. 
Yeah, and it's and if you look at so it, you have to play to your strengths. Like you can say, well, that doesn't work. Well, then that means they're just going to lose. Yeah, but we have to try something. And I would rather go out with my best bullets. Okay, I'd rather go out <laughs> all out rush in leaving these young, inexperienced DBs on islands by themselves and hope that we can get to somebody, than dropping five of those guys or six of those guys and putting no pass rush on whatsoever and hoping that six inexperienced young guys that aren't very good at their job don't don't you know get caught holding don't you know commit a pi and actually cover somebody long enough to 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 stop these freakish athletes yeah when when you look at who they've actually got available at wide receiver um i mean db you mean uh no no no, i'm talking about uh, for the rams because it wasn't just cooper cup right because they they basically were running man on these guys. And and there's Cup, there's Beckham, and there's Jefferson. You put anybody in that slot right there, and they're going to be able to get open. So it really They're going to get open for something. Yep. So so this is this is why your only option really is to 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 take down the quarterback, to stop the ball from getting to the air. Yes. Yes. I, mean, I so I'm okay with I'm okay with it. I don't like the outcome, but I also don't like the situation. Like there's nothing you could do at this point down in the season. There's nobody to go get that can play D B for you. Yeah, no, you're you're not wrong about that. Uh, average depth of target for these two, by the way, uh, seven point nine for both Brady both, and Stafford. Yeah, yeah. I was to say, I bet, I bet this was going to be pretty equal. They oh, yeah. they they played a very similar game. Uh, total EPA per play for Stafford was point two six for Tom Brady. It was negative point two two. Very rarely does he have a negative EPA in a game, but uh, but the interceptions hurt, and you know, just overall, not a. Not a great game by Brady, but uh, but he played well enough to get him back in it. He played well enough to get him back in it for sure. Let's uh, let's move on from there and let's move to the Saturday night game, and that would be the 49ers and the Packers. 49ers win at thirteen to ten. And first off, let me show a little appreciation for a snowy Saturday evening playoff game in Lambeau Field. It, it was very enjoyable to watch. I mean, just the the elements and everything else surrounding it, it's what you want from a game at Lambeau in January. We don't get a ton of night playoff games in Green Bay. And the fact that we got this one, I mean, it was and, – and it was a good ball game. Like, I enjoyed it thoroughly, thoroughly. Did uh, Before we get into the details and whatnot, you know, it, did it kind of bring the same to you? I mean, I, I was sitting at home just laid up. Obviously, I was not doing as well yesterday as I am today, but uh, but I really did enjoy just the the scene and the view and seeing all the Packers fans and everything. I mean, yeah, it was fine. There's, I'm I'm starting to come around to playoff. I I kind of wish that we didn't determine champions based on the weather, and and I I that is sacrilegious to everything that I've grown up loving. Okay, I, you know give it to me at night, give it to me during the season. I don't have a problem with that. Like where you live is where you live and where you play is where you play. And that's a home field advantage. But at some point in time, are we going to, are we going to really, are we going to really let one of these games end up being, you know, a, a negative 20 degree frozen, you know, whatever it is. And that's how we're going to determine who, who, who the better team is going forward to win a title. Like we're gonna, we're just going to crown a champion from that. I mean, I, 
I know, yeah, I know, I, I, I get what you're saying. <laughs> I and I've never been this guy before in my life. All right. I found it to be a strange place while watching this game. And the team that I wanted to do well did well and they won the game. But it's it still at some point in time I thought, huh. One day we're gonna have a team from either down south or a dome team or whatever, and they're they're gonna be unbelievable. And because of whatever happenstance, they're going to end up playing a football game in, you know, negative 10 degrees with a ton of sleet and rain or frozen rain or whatever coming down. Well, but we had that in. And we're not going to get it. We're not going to get the winner that that deserves to win. So, so the Bears. Like the better team isn't going to actually win. Was it, was it the Colts and the Bears that played in like that rainy Super Bowl uh, 2000? Yes six or whatever it was um yes. well they so, played in a rainy super bowl it didn't rain but that, i don't think it was cold no it wasn't i think cold. it was in miami um but i, I feel like that well it, obviously that was same for both of them um yeah. but it was it was an interesting you, game i'm not because saying they all the, need to be indoors and i understand there's you know there are things that can happen that you can't control like you know i i get it but it's just it was just, it's just a weird feeling. Okay, I'm not saying it's wrong. <laughs> I'm not saying that I'm right because I'm not even anything on this. I'm not sold on this. It was just a weird. I'm watching this thing happen, and and at some point in time throughout the game, I'm just thinking, man, this is not how champions should be crowned. So it's interesting that you bring it up because I was thinking during the game. I thought you know it's. It's very interesting because this should be a home field advantage for a team that's actually from Green Bay, right? That's right. But Green Bay's biggest advantage over another team is their quarterback play. And it has Throwing been for the multiple football, years Not now. just quarterback play. Right. If it was a mobile quarterback like Lamar, that's one thing. Right. This is, this is a quarterback that has stopped running many years ago. Yes. And now he's just a pocket-passing th- quarterback. He right. can scramble and throw but he's still a thrower. And when it is that cold, the passing game takes a bit of a dip, right? Yeah. And, and that defense and that running game, while good, That's the style of weather that the 49ers, while they're not accustomed to that type of weather, their style of football fits it. Yes. They run the football. They run it from a zone blocking scheme that is incredibly difficult to figure out. And they play smash mouth defense. Right. And they want to play the game in the mud and they want to play it in the trenches. And, and, and so, yeah, I'm just, like I said, I'm not, I'm not married to that. You saw it and had a nostalgia thought. I saw it and some weird old man crotchety. I don't like this came into me. Which is strange because the, I think the old man crotchety thing would have been much more this is how all football. This needs is how to be the done. football game is supposed to play. That's right. No, I know that. I know that. It's a. It was a. It's a very. It's a very weird feeling. It was a very strange thought, but I don't think it's wrong. No, I, like, I don't. I, think I, you're wrong. I feel like what now we're getting to a point of like I almost give you wild card weekend, right? Like yeah. if you won your division and and you you get to host and you know if you live in a cold weather and you want to play the game in the cold, that yeah, that luxury. Outside of that, everybody else, we're playing in some type of control. And you don't have to have a dome, but you got to have some type of cover over the top, okay, and that can go over your stadium. And, and it could be cold there, but you're that's going to knock the windshield down considerably. Like, it's not going to be so overbearing that it's going to affect the outcome of the game. Yeah, 
Yeah, I, I can see where you're coming from on that. I can I because can now that we've added a week, and I'm I would bet my life that in a couple of years we're gonna add another week because I don't see them staying at an odd number. I think they're gonna go to 18. The reason they went to 17 was eventually to get to 18. Now we're pushing these playoff games back farther and further, unless they're going to start a week earlier, which I wouldn't hate that. I would rather them start a week earlier than go a week later. Because at some point in time, we're going to get this divisional game next week or the week after. And, and it's going, it's going to have a bigger effect the later in the season we go. Yeah. I I don't disagree with you. I know we haven't talked about that game at all. And literally we both just talked about the weather. And, well, and that, that, I brought that up something that's well shitty. because that's I think that's a big part of it, right? Um, let's let's talk about some of the uh, I guess insights from this game. Uh, per Elias, the 49ers now seven and five all time in the playoffs against number one seeds. They are one of five franchises with winning records in such games. Uh, along with that, um, you win this battle. Uh, six of the last eight postseason matchups between the 49ers and the Packers, the winning team has lost the following game. So it happens. You know, fairly regularly. You win this one, it's a tough ball game, and then you end up losing the next one. Uh, Packers, seven playoff losses at home in the last 20 seasons. That is the most in the NFL. Uh, there's not an advantage, it doesn't feel like. Jimmy Garoppolo, 21-6 and six career record as a starter on the road, which is insane. That's the second highest win percentage in the NFL since the 70s. Um, let's see, or actually since the 1970 merger. So that's that's crazy. Kyle Shanahan, thirty-five and fifteen as the 49ers head coach when Jimmy G is his starter. He is eight and twenty-eight without Garoppolo. Yep. <laughs> Which a I, lot of people throwing dirt on Jimmy and them throwing away three first round picks for somebody not named Jimmy, I think is a mistake. God, uh, I would yes. love to see what they could build. Forget what this team looks like right now. Let's say you have Jimmy next year and all of those picks. So here's the and I, going back to that draft. I don't necessarily blame them for wanting to move up. I, you and I talked at the time. I think three first round picks to move up. It, it was was a little crazy, but I don't blame them for wanting to at least look at a different quarterback because, I mean, we we talked about his record with Jimmy G. Uh, he's eight and twenty eight without him. Like, they got to find a different quarterback. Like, they got to find somebody that can stay healthy. Now, Garoppolo right now, he's healthy. But he just has not proven that he can stay healthy. So, yeah, but you don't know that the next guy can be healthy either. Agreed. So, that's a agreed. that's a constant just unknown. Oh, it's just a – it's always a crapshoot. Always a crapshoot. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, 11-10 and 10 in his career as a starter in the playoffs. He is 7-9. and Hey, nine, hey I'm, done, I'm, I'm done with this. Last night, I went to bed. I had a few pops. And and I, I, was, I, was, I was having – none of the greatest of all time conversations that's done that's done at some point in time the regular season has to go away and you have to start looking at postseason and this guy is about as half-assed mediocre piece of shit quarterback that you've ever seen in the postseason all right so to put him in the pantheon of a is he top five is he top 10 he ain't close he ain't close there's 50 feet. There's a goddamn Grand Canyon. There's a chasm between him and the greats that won in the playoffs. Okay? And you can take all your regular season mumbo-jumbo bullshit, and you could do something else with that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm done. I'm done. I don't ever <laughs> want to have that conversation again, and I want people who do to be thrown out of a plate glass window. 
That's I, I see you jumped on that very quickly since uh since I mentioned his uh seven and nine record in the playoffs since uh since the Super Bowl. <laughs> I, I you had me for a second. I was like, did I did I say something about him being no. the greatest? Like, no, I'm I, just no, I'm just, so. I'm just I'm just I'm just I, I I made up my mind as soon as that game ended last night. I'm I'm not having these conversations with people anymore. I did I'm, notice on I'm Twitter. Just not uh, because they have to stop. They just have oh, yeah. to. No, I, I did notice on Twitter last night that there were a lot of people that were, oh. I mean, they had tweets in the drafts for, I mean, weeks and weeks just waiting yeah. for that moment. Everybody's just waiting oh. on Rodgers to fail so they can, and so this is, this is, so I, I put a tweet out my own and I just want to be, I want to be on record. I've hated this SOB far before it became politically cool to hate Aaron Rodgers. Yes. All right. I was out on an Island, hate them. And I had hundreds of people a year. Why do you hate Aaron Rodgers? Why do you guys an asshole guys, a diva guys, a prick. Like, I don't care that he's a good football player. He's a P O S. Oh, okay. All right. Well, I don't see that. I don't see that. Oh, he does one thing politically that you disagree with. And everybody now wants to bury him. Forget about the the two, last two decades where he just doesn't talk to his mom. Like, oh, okay, that's not a red flag of somebody who's an asshole. All right. Yeah, 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 somewhere around there. Uh, Robbie Gould, by the way, 20 of 20 on field goal attempts in his career in the postseason. Uh, yep. It's the most makes without a miss in the Super Bowl era. And Jimmy Garoppolo. Big, big, yeah. big day for bald guys. Big oh, day yes. for bald guys, oh, Robbie Gould. Yes. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, 4-1 and one in his career as a starter in the playoffs. That is the highest postseason win percentage as a starting quarterback in 49ers history. I now, remember when the 49ers took Alex Smith and they passed on Aaron Rodgers, and then we saw Aaron Rodgers three or four years later become the Aaron Rodgers that he was, and they won a Super Bowl. And the 49ers, after they had lost their Super Bowl and Harbaugh had left, had just gone to garbage. And everybody started this the curse of Aaron Rodgers. Well, ever since I ever heard the conversation of the curse of Aaron Rodgers, the 49ers have never lost in the postseason to the Packers head to head. They're four no against them. So yep. that curse is a pretty shitty curse. So he's not even good at like cursing people. This is what <laughs> this is what happens when you draft a guy from Berkeley. Okay. All oh right. my god. It. <laughs> uh so Jimmy G, eleven out of nineteen, zero touchdowns, one pick. He was sacked four times. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, 20 out of 29, 225 yards, no touchdowns, no picks. He was sacked five times. Uh, this was not a quarterback win for for the San Francisco 49ers, bottom line. And I don't know that Aaron Rodgers necessarily lost the game, but uh, he did not play well enough to win it. They, well, let me tell you this. Score. All the people that are blaming this loss on the special teams, all right? Well, if Aaron Rodgers doesn't can actually get the ball in the end zone, instead of settling for a field goal, then you don't get a field goal block. Well, I mean, okay? he, he played hero ball. If, like he, if Aaron Rodgers doesn't go an easy three and out and have his team punting from the end zone, you don't get a punt block for a touchdown, all right? Get a couple of first downs, and if they block it, well, then now they're just on the 40-yard line, and your defense can do what they've done. So Aaron has to have some responsibility for the special team sucking because he also sucked. He was capable of... And 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 responsible for ten points. Yeah, ten points. He uh, so Aaron Rodgers you know, that last play, that, that last offensive play that the Packers had that third yep. down and in, in eleven or whatever it was, he threw to a double covered Adams, and if you look back, there was uh, Ad, it was uh, Lazard. 
that was running directly across the middle that already had the first down. Like, that was right there, and he was wide open. And instead, he threw to Adams. He's he's an incredible cover. talent. He's one. He he's he's got so much talent and ability. But this guy is a diva. He wants to be a superstar, and he is a superstar. He he likes being a superstar. He wants to make that big throw. He wants to to thread the needle instead of just dumping the ball down and getting the first down. He he. This is what he wants. Yeah, yeah. And, and, he and he's had, willing to lose with it. And you know what? Uh, that's what's insane. good because you're losing with it all the time. Yeah. Like you've him, actually him. never won with it, by the way, <laughs> ever. Well, because he because, wasn't in that position. Uh, no, back when, when he, he won, he wasn't Bowl. a star. He was just a guy on a rookie contract that people didn't know if he was good or not. Yeah. Yeah. Now he, uh, he has gotten obviously better since his rookie contract and whatnot, but, uh, I mean, they had a they had a hell of a team back then. But yeah, in this situation, uh, average depth of target on this one: Aaron Rodgers at seven point nine, Jimmy Garoppolo six point four, and that makes all the sense in the world. Uh, the 49ers started with a pass on sixty six point seven percent of their series, and Green Bay only fifty eight point three. Again, surprising that you know the 49ers of all teams would start with the pass more often than Green Bay. And yet here we are. So it was uh it was very interesting. We'll uh well, we'll the 49ers move. still have the greatest player, I think, in in, in the league right now. Oh, we now, didn't even bring up Debo, Debo but my God, he did everything. I mean yeah, Debo's he, but he does, and he ha- he has all year. He has all year. I talked about it the 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 whatever night that I did the show by myself. Yeah. Uh like it it's he's just become that guy to where on a regular season when they're playing on the East Coast and the one o'clock time slot or noontime slot for us and um, there's 13 games on. I'm going to have an eyeball on, on what the 49ers are doing as long as Debo's healthy and on the field. I'm just but going speaking, to. Speaking of him being healthy and on the field, he did get hurt on his last play. Have you seen anything he, about that? No, and I have no idea what's going on with him. He also did that after the last game. He was limping off the field before the game ended. No, this guy is struggling to stay on the field, and he's he's had injury issues the entire time. Through these playoff games, he's just muscling through them, man. He is an absolute freak. I would give anything in the world for him to have one good, healthy season with capable people at the quarterback. Yes. Yes. That's it. it would That's be all nice. I want for Debo. It would be nice. Uh, let's hit on the last playoff game, and then we'll kind of rapid fire through some of the, the news topics from college football. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Uh, but let's hit on Cincinnati 19. The Bengals get the win over the Titans 19-16 uh, to 16 at Cincinnati over Tennessee. And this was uh, this is a weird game. You know, it, obviously all of the home teams lost stands the Chiefs. But, uh, but you wouldn't expect Cincinnati to maybe win a game in this fashion. Right, the way that they have played all year, if they can't get that offense moving, 
especially when they give up, what was it? I think official, it was nine sacks in this one. Um, but I think they counted like the last Joe Burrow thing as a sack. So it's eight, it, let's say eight sacks. This was a weird way for Cincinnati to win this game. Going through some of the insights here, uh, Evan McPherson, the field goal kicker, uh, rookie kicker out of Florida, first player in NFL history to make four plus field goals in multiple games in a single postseason. Uh, the Bengals won a divisional round game on the road for the first time in their franchise history. Uh, Titans defense had nine sacks. It's the most sacks in an NFL game since at least 1960. Uh, Burrow, first second-year quarterback to win multiple playoff games since Russell Wilson. who Never lost a postseason game in his life. Correct, correct. That's, uh, that would be one Joey Burrow. Uh, Russell Wilson, in 2013, did go on to win the Super Bowl. So, just toss that out there. Uh, Jeffrey Simmons, three sacks, the most for a Tennessee or Houston player in a playoff game since 82. Did and, not like uh, him. <laughs> he, uh, he got all over uh, one Joseph Burrow, sir. Uh, Harold Landry surpassed Jason Fisk with 4.5 as the most, or for the most postseason sacks among Houston or Tennessee players since 1982, uh, when individual sacks were officially tracked. So Titans five and ten all time in the divisional round. They are one and four at home. So even though they get this, uh, it still does not matter. Still does not matter. Uh, and then finally, I'll I'll toss this in here. Um, Jamar Chase. 225 yards uh, surpassed Chris Collinsworth for the most receiving yards among rookies in a single postseason in Bengals history. Very interesting. Uh, and then yep. finally, uh, how about this one? Um, Titans are 0-3 in the playoffs as a number one seed since seeding began in 1975. I'm surprised <laughs> that they are, uh, they've been the number one seed three times. Well, I mean, it goes all the way back to, uh, to what, 1975? Um, uh, well, so, yeah, I guess you're right. So you know, some of those back teams the were really good. Yeah. So that's they've been a one seed before. They got knocked out by the Ravens uh, way back when. I think Steve McNair was still the quarterback at that point. So this game was pretty crazy. Like it was a great game to start the uh, the weekend. Yeah. And so <laughs> let's talk about let's talk about a dot again. Average depth of target. What would you say it was for Burrow and Tannehill? Really, really, really low. Actually, not. Okay, that surprises me because I know that they both did a lot of dumping the ball off. So Burrow threw the ball 47 times. Okay. Tannehill only threw it 28 times. Burrow was 4.1. So I knew his was going to be short. Tannehill because was... Because he threw it a ton. Oh, yeah. Tannehill's was 10.9. Now, how do they handle all the incompletions? Uh, those all basically where the ball was intended to go, right? Okay, that's bullshit then. All right, then that's a fucked up stat that nobody cares about all right because he threw the ball a lot deep that nobody ever touched that guy had three positive plays the entire game and they were all oh, yeah. three positive passing to uh to, to uh to to aj brown that's the list that's it he did three things well the entire day yes no he didn't do three things well he did one thing well three times the entire day everything else he cocked up so he can is it Obviously, we we hate assigning blame. That may, maybe That's okay. maybe we I got don't. no problem blaming uh, him. I think I think Tannehill's the reason they lost the game. Yeah, like, no, there's no question about that. There's like, no question about that. Tannehill had the worst quarterback performance of the weekend of all the quarterbacks, and, and, and it wasn't even close. And and Jimmy Garoppolo and 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 shitty Aaron Rodgers were two of those guys that played god awful football games. All yes. right, Tannehill yes. was way worse than both those dudes. And Burrow got sacked nine times. 
Burger sack that times. Uh, it's just unbelievable. Just unbelievable. This was a very interesting ball game. Uh, basically, you were waiting for the next shoe to drop as to who was going to mess this thing up. And the Bengals could not get their offense moving for whatever reason. Uh, they only scored one touchdown, but it was all that they needed because they were able to kick four field goals. Yep. By the way, Burrow getting on the uh, on the postgame press conference afterwards and saying that McPherson came up to him and was like, hey, looks like we're going to the AFC Championship game. Before he yep. went out to kick the 52-yarder. He's got balls. I love it. That guy's got balls. I love it. Absolute grapefruits down there. I mean, it's. I want a kicker with some attitude. Oh yeah. I mean, it's. He's definitely that. He is definitely a little cocky, and and you better be good if you're going to have that much uh, cockiness to you. But I loved it. I loved hearing about it. Uh, Everything about this game was, I mean, fun. I mean, it was just a fun game to watch. You, You, we couldn't believe what was happening. You know, play after play I, after play. I did not have as much fun. I was, I really was worried about Joe. I really was worried about Joe. Uh, it's, it's so. Here's the interesting thing. We got into the discussion again, uh, myself and the Bet US college football guys, over whether or not you draft Jamar Chase or an offensive lineman, right? And I mean, you can't say an offensive lineman because the option was Penny Sewell. Right, right, right. So it okay. so you or, can't so you can't just pull the best offensive lineman from the draft class and say, well, had they drafted him, oh, instead of they weren't going, they weren't going to take Slater. Okay, yeah. So you can't use that as an argument. Take Penny Sewell's rookie year and take Jamar Chase's rookie year, and who makes Joe Burrow better? I think it's Chase. It's I don't not think it's close. close. It's not close. And if Penny Sewell was a lockdown best tackle in football year one, Joe Thomas recreated. It's still Chase because you still have four other positions that blow on that offensive line. One great offensive lineman doesn't make a good offensive line. I will I will tell you this. They are significantly improved over last season, right? Yes. They are, they are substantially improved. better than they were last year. However, They're still real bad yes and and don't get me wrong the titans have been one of the best teams in the league at, at getting after the quarterback this year correct uh they they just completely overhauled their defensive line and and found them some edge guys they got some guys healthy i mean harold landry was not healthy last year he got healthy this year he was able to come off the edge uh they were able to do some things this year that they hadn't been able to you're gonna have games like that where where guys are hurt etc but yeah the Bengals still have to upgrade that offensive line I mean, they just got some work to do. Well, uh, and, and hang on. I'll tell you, I think they can. So Cleveland went from the worst offensive line in football to the best offensive line in football in one offseason. Yeah. And and they did it. They they brought in Odell. They brought in Stefanski. They brought in this new regime. And they were doing all these fun things on offense. And all these offensive linemen who were free agents, and they didn't draft a one of them. Okay. All these offensive linemen, maybe they drafted one of them, but all the rest of them were all free agents. And the best free agent offensive linemen available chose to come play in Cleveland because they saw what that offense was building. They saw what that offense was doing. And they said, I want to go be a part of that because I think they're doing something wild and fun in Cleveland. If you're a free agent offensive lineman this year and Kyle Shanahan's not calling you, or Bill Belichick's not calling you, why would you pick anywhere other than since why would you not want to hit your wagon to this offense? Oh, I, I have no answer for that. Why would you not look at Joe and say, I'll block for that guy for the next five years? I'll oh, do because that. Because you know you're safe at that point. I mean, it's like That's hitching it. your wagon to Tom That's, Brady. 
that's it. That's that's the question. And 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 there are so few um, coaches that that are offensive line friendly that it just doesn't matter. You just want to pick the best young quarterback that you could hit your wagon to. And I'm going to tell you, I think Joe's the answer. I thought Baker and what was happening in Cleveland, that's the reason they got those guys. I don't think they overpaid. I don't think they were the highest better. I think they paid fair market value. But I think the best guards in the league wanted to come play in Cleveland because they saw what was happening. And Cleveland went from the worst to the best in one offseason. I think Cincinnati has potential to do that if they're willing to break open the checkbook, pay people fair market value for their work, and go get some of these dudes. You don't have to just draft them. Draft one because that one is probably going to be elite if you're drafting an offensive lineman in the first round. Hopefully you're going to be late now in the draft, which is a good thing. And, And then sign two, and you can overhaul your offensive lineman immediately. The uh, the Chiefs did the same thing after just being demolished in the Super Bowl last year, right? Last year, yeah. Now they they didn't have anywhere close to the best offensive line in football this year. No, no, no. But, but if you got but a they went like from that, they went from it. the they went from the worst to very very serviceable. Yes, very serviceable. Yeah, they now they the difference is, really is the Chiefs have never had a problem since Andy Reid has been there getting free agents to want to come play in that offense, whether their offense skill position whatever. Cincinnati hadn't had that luxury ever until yeah. now that's yeah, you, I, I think this is what's different now is guys will want to come play there and i think it would be smart of them to bring back some of those great hall of fame offensive linemen to to do a little the little pr get a little commercial action working you know when you bring these free agents in let them meet you know Mr. Munoz and and have some of these conversations and talk about the history of the position in Cincinnati and get guys to want to play there. Oh, most certainly. Most certainly. But I think you can flip that. I think that's a position group that you can flip real quick. Yes. Yes. Uh, it, again, like I said, you look at the Chiefs, you look at some of these other teams, it, you can do it by switching out just a couple of guys. Like it, you can switch that thing to where it is serviceable. And if you've got the right weapons, and the right quarterback, you don't need them to block for that long. Like, that's the biggest thing is Joe Burrow has shown this year he can get the ball out quick when he needs to, right? Now, obviously, yesterday, uh, Saturday, completely different. So so he can get the ball out quick. That offense doesn't operate like that, though. That offense wants to go deep. And they oh, yeah. want, but those things take time. And he tried that yesterday several times. You know, he'd give you a 12 step drop because he's trying to let these guys get open. And before his back foot just hits the dirt and he's planting to even try to throw the football, it's over. It's yeah. over. Three guys came through untouched. It's just, it was just a massacre. It was just a, you know, and I don't, and I don't know what you do, right? Like I, I watched that game and, and, um, God, I I got in like a like a little Twitter spat with somebody who was talking about how oh they brought the house like they sent far more and Joe's got to be a better decision maker there and then you got a replay they brought three guys yes and everybody else dropped back and two of the three came through untouched yeah and I'm thinking what the hell are you talking about man what like what are you what are you talking about? Because Ian Eagle, I think, is the guy that did the call. And Ian Eagle was like, they, they're breaking the house. And they've got the numbers. It was like, they rest three dudes. Like, that wasn't dropped, the numbers. That was They showed <laughs> six. 
but they only brought three. Well, well, the problem with, well, they showed six. Okay. So you're telling me that every play action pass is really credited as a run like that. No, no, they rushed three and two of the three came through untouched. That's a problem. Five guys blocking three guys and two of them don't get touched. Yes. Yes. That's not on the quarterback. Yeah. No, I, I don't think you're wrong there. I don't think you're wrong at all. It was they were just able to get through them because the defensive line was better. Like they were. Just so we better. got two wild card teams playing. Two, I, I think. Tell me this: What do you think the line's going to be next week? Okay, so we actually get to do this now. Um, I would bet that the Rams are favored by, mm, let's say two and a half. Nah, 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 screw okay. that. Let's say, let's say three. Let's say three. Uh, Rams by three, and I would bet. Do we get over a touchdown? Uh, no, no, because the Bengals have actually been like analytically really good this year. Uh, they're like they're number eleven in total DVOA, so they're they're pretty good. And the Chiefs have not been like the top team. I would bet that that line is closer to. About what the Browns and Chiefs were last year, probably five and a half, six, somewhere around there. Wow. Okay, I'll take the over on both those. I bet we're bigger than both of them. I bet we're four and a half uh, or more on the Rams game, and like seven and, and a half or eight. And I, I bet we're, I bet we're at least a touchdown. And and it wouldn't surprise me if it it's going to close over a touchdown. I will take the underdog in both spots. <laughs> well, no, I will too. I will too. But this is better perception. This is national. This is not what you and I think. Uh, yeah, I think yeah, the numbers true. are going to come out bigger. I you, think the numbers are going right to come out that. bigger. Because I'm, I'm looking at, I'm looking specifically at analytics plus home field advantage, right? Like it, that's just based on the numbers that I know. And that well, home field advantage is only amounted to about two points all year. Yeah, and that's, I mean, that's all I was tossing it. Like, I, I really – I think the Rams 49ers line, it, it, had it not been at L.A., if it was just a neutral site, I mean, that thing would be really damn close to a pick em. The um, problem is, is the Rams are so talented. Like, they have all of the stars and all of the studs, and the 49ers have none of those guys. I mean, yeah. zero of them. They got Joey Bosa. That's the list. They've got Debo. Both of those guys are kind of banged up. There's there's no point where you can give the edge to the Niners, but the Niners have played them twice. The Niners have beat them twice. Well, like, so, make- so it leave the the two pass matchups out of it. Of course, uh, if you look at da, 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 let's see uh, total DVOA on this, um, San Francisco heading into the weekend was da, 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 San Francisco was number six in total DVOA. Like they they have won nine of their last eleven games. They started out the year three and five. They they won nine of the last eleven. San Francisco numbers wise is way better than a team that was fighting to get into the playoffs. Like they're just unbelievable, which is why I think that that number uh, might be a little lower. But public perception wise, yeah, you're not wrong. You're not wrong about that at all. I mean, they are they're really really good, but everybody still kind of looks at them as eh, as wild card team. Just a wild yeah. card team. So if they're like healthy, I said, I, I'll be shocked. I'll be shocked if they're small. That'll that'll surprise me. But I don't. I don't. I think both these numbers are going to be bigger. So for everybody that that's paying attention, obviously, I think these lines will be out by the time this thing airs. Uh, we're oh, probably on, yeah, on we're doing, yeah. We're doing this yeah. Sunday night just after the Chiefs game, the Bills game. 
So you got it. All right, let's uh, let's hit some news right quick before we get out of here. Um, this is the longest show we've done in a little while, uh, and it feels nice. It feels nice. <laughs> so let's start off with this. Hawaii hires Timmy Chang as their new head coach. Uh, he was at Colorado State as, I believe, a wide receivers coach. Incredibly young. Most people agree that he is not quite ready for this job. However, Hawaii is maybe in a position where they need a fit more than anything else. They need somebody that truly understands what it means to be down there on the islands. And, you know, it's a strange situation. All of the June Jones stuff. Did you see all this that went on over the weekend? I think Friday night was the uh, the biggest part of it. No. No. All right, so June Jones came out, uh, and he, he sent out a couple of tweets. He was offered the job and then declined the job. He said, I would like to comment and give my thoughts on the football head coaching job at why I am still interested in this job. Now, obviously, this is before uh, they hired Timmy. But uh, he said, I'm interested in this job for the people of Hawaii, but the job offered to me, there is no way I could accept it with the conditions that they offered it. No coach in their right mind would accept this. He said, dictating who can be on my staff in only a two-year contract, what recruit would come here if I was only here for two years? This has never been about money but it's about giving me the ability to turn our program around and not have people tell me who's on my staff or how to coach my team. So you get all of that before you get all the, the Timmy Chang stuff. And I uh, started asking around to some people that, that would have at least some knowledge of the situation. And basically, because I, I looked at it and I said, this is stupid. Like, these guys down in Hawaii don't know what they're doing. This, I believe, was meant to be a mentorship he was going to, like, they told June Jones, you got to bring in Timmy Chang, and he's going to be your second-hand guy. Like, he's, he's your right-hand side, and you're going to teach him how to be a head coach, and then after two years, you're handing the reins off. Like, we would love for you to come back and do that, because June Jones ain't exactly uh, some spring chicken. I mean, he's 68 years old. He This would have been his last coaching job. I don't think he wanted it to be that. I think he wanted to have control of it, and I understand where he's coming from, but Timmy Chang uh, has never even been a coordinator, has never had to run even one side of the ball. And, you know, I get where they're coming from. So Timmy Chang is the dude. Uh, I think it's going to take some time. And But why do that? Why, if you're an administrator, why do you do that? Why do you, wait, which part? The Timmy Chang why part do, or the June Jones? Why do you handcuff the June Jones guy to, to a legitimate head coach? To this other guy that you want to be your head coach, he's just not qualified. It's, and so you're just trying to get him qualified. Right. I, I think. I go, because what happens if you go through that rigmarole and Timmy Chang ends up being a dud? Like not a good guy. Like now you've wasted a large portion of time and resources on trying to, to force this guy into being something he might be or he might not. Well, I Why think, do that? So the situation here is you you know that the next two years are going to be bad regardless of who it is, right? Because they've had so many people transfer out and whatnot. They are in uh, financial straits at Hawaii. Like, that program is up against it right now. And it's going to take time to be able to put together a roster, to be able to, to put together any kind of an offense, et cetera, it, because they're still working on the stadium. They're still working on a ton of stuff down there. And it, honestly, I mean, they got hit pretty hard by COVID, et cetera. It's going to take time to build that program back, and which is why they went retread in the first place with Todd Graham. Nobody wanted Todd Graham. They got Todd Graham, you know, pretty cheap, and it was just somebody that they knew could come in and maybe wouldn't completely derail the program. Right? When there's no doubt they're getting Chang on the cheap. Oh yes, I mean dirt cheap. 
dirt cheap. I mean, it's just, it, it, but but it's somebody that everybody knows, and it basically uh, a smaller, maybe not smaller. Uh, it's a little bit like Memphis hiring Penny, uh, Penny Hardaway for basketball, right? It's somebody that the fans are still going to support. They will still give to the program. They they're going to give him way more leeway than they would somebody like Todd Graham, and you let him come in and and try and learn on the job. Like that's the biggest thing. And and if you've got June Jones then at least he's learning from somebody that has had success at the program and understands how to build it back. But but why you would completely handcuff June Jones, I mean, that that just doesn't make any sense. I mean, just like give the guy a four- or five-year deal, get him on the cheap, because you could get June Jones on the cheap. Yep. Like, and, and ask him, please, to hire Timmy Chang, because he probably would have done it anyway. Timmy Chang or... was a quarterback under him. Like, go, like you know who you could have gotten on the cheap? Your last coach, Nikolovich. Yeah. <laughs> he can get on the cheap, and that's a legitimate head coach, bona fide head coach. Like, okay, uh, instantly half the people watching this hate his politics. That's fine. Okay, yeah. that's that's fine. But like, this is this is a real professional, you know. And this he is won. not a guy that just once played for. I don't understand this Michigan man mentality from all of these different places that we have to hire somebody that's been connected here. We're not even interviewing people. If you're not from here, like that's insane to me. Like I know that Hawaii is a tough, tough football job, but do you know how many of some of these D two, like division two, uh, I guess FCS level coaches are real coaches. They're bona fide, legitimate professional goddamn coaches. Yes. Okay. And some of those guys would like to get the hell out of Siberia because some yeah. of them have been wasting away in the Dakotas or or the middle of nowhere in this country freezing their asses off. And they've got a system that works and they know and, how to build they, a program. And they feel like, yeah, if yeah. you give me some resources and access to more talent in Hawaii with just the locals, I can I can do something. Yes. I could build so I could at least try to do something. But they're not even they're not even open this thing up for discussions. No. That's what I find to be ridiculous. Like, yes, it's a very hard job, especially for the next two years. It's going to be insanely hard. But all of these things are hard. Like nothing in this sport is easy. That's why these guys are highly compensated. I was just trying to look up Timmy Chang's contract. I couldn't find the numbers. No, but they don't like, have them out yet. But like this is this is why these people make the amount of money they make is because their jobs are tough. Like, yep. like if you want an easy job, I mean, shit, I got an easy job. I'll hire you, pay you fifteen <laughs> bucks an hour. You don't do shit. <laughs> people that work for me, not my flooring guys. My flooring guys work their ass off. People at the stay at place, they don't do dick. They sit around play on their phone for four hours of the day. Like, <laughs> like, but they also don't make a lot of money either. Like, yeah. it's not a complicated job. No, it makes they don't sense. have a lot of responsibility. Oh, uh, these guys are highly compensated because the job is tough. All right. Like, yeah. that's the argument that I get from people. Well, you know, <clears throat> Hawaii is a, a unique job. And so, you know, it needs a unique. But why? Okay. Yeah, it's tough. Yes. Yeah, I bet I yes. bet coaching in South Dakota is pretty damn tough, too. Like, you ever try to recruit there? <laughs> it's almost impossible. Almost like, impossible. No, I'm with you. Uh, it, I don't understand why you know. And this he, is not a shot at Timmy yeah. Chang. I don't hate this guy. I don't. I don't even know this guy. Like I don't remember him playing. Okay, really? 
but yeah, I'm just look, man. I don't, I don't know. Wow. Right. I, okay. I, okay. 2012. I mean, he was, he was like, I don't know what I was doing in 2012. Well, he was the right? superstar before, uh, before uh, Colt Brennan. Brennan. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember so. Brennan. I remember Colt. Like, but anyway, neither here nor yeah, there. Regardless. He was there what 2012 time? No, like, I don't, no, no, no. I don't, Brennan, Brennan was like 07, 08. Timmy Chang was like 03, 02, 04. Oh, well, then I was in the thralls of just me being in college. Like, no, that's when I was in school. Yeah. All right. No, he yeah, was, he no, was a superstar. I, he he flung that ball yeah. all over the place. It was it was a no, lot of fun. That's fine. Yeah, I wasn't paying a whole lot of attention to to Hawaii back then. So it's it's um, still run and shoot kind of stuff. It's it's gonna be it's gonna be fun. And I don't um, wish ill on him. I just don't understand from a managerial perspective, from an administrative perspective, the people who are responsible for putting this on the athletic department and the school president. I just don't understand. So you hired an outsider last time and it didn't work and he was an asshole. And so now we're just not gonna hire outsiders. Like we're just gonna interview only our own people. Like, this is not Michigan, where at least you have, uh, you know, several hundred years of alumni bases around school to be, like, to pick from your Michigan man, all right? Like, like this, true. Is, this is Hawaii. You got, like, seven people in the world that might, might be semi-qualified. This guy is the second most qualified person of them all, and he's not qualified at all. At yeah. all. No, that's, I mean, the other one would have been. His uh, only qualification is he like, played the sport. Yeah, the running backs coach from Arizona State, uh, defensive, I want to say defensive line coach from BYU, all guys that, like, either played at Hawaii or coached at Hawaii that have, like, some ties to the current. It, like, that's that's what the list was basically down but to. But I don't understand that, Gary. Well, it's, so part of it is the. Do they uh, not know that these other people exist in the world that coach football? No, so, and they're really good at it? No, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I understand where you're coming from. I think part of it is the the time of the year that it is, like the calendar. Um, the other part is, like, it, you know it's all networking. A lot of this stuff is just networking. It's just you, you go with guys Nepotism. that you know because That's of the That's the word situation. you're looking for, right? Like what? Nepotism. That's the word yeah. you're looking for. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. So that's uh, that's the way it goes. Let's, uh, let's hit on some of these other topics. Um, Derek Mason. Step down as defensive coordinator at Auburn. They promote Jeff Schmetting, who is the linebackers coach and the associate head coach. He was the DC at Boise State under Brian Harson. So now Brian Harson, of course, has uh, replaced both coordinators after his first season at Auburn. It, it's it's strange to see. Now I, I tweeted this out, you know, the other day when when everybody was talking about Mason to Oklahoma State, which is not done yet, by the way. I, I would imagine it does get done, but. This is such a weird, weird thing. He has replaced four coaches in the offseason. And when you go 6-6 six and six in Auburn, that's something that ends up happening, regardless of whether the starting quarterback got hurt or not, etc. But the starting quarterback did leave Auburn. And this thing is starting to look kind of iffy on whether or not Derek Mason will even get a third season. Not Derek Mason, excuse me, Brian Harson will get a third season at Auburn. Uh, this is... It is the worst thing that could have happened to Auburn not going six and six, but having their two biggest rivals play in the national title game this year? No, I don't think that has anything to do with this. I, you know, Auburn's just in a rebuild mode. And we knew that when they hired Harsons. Like, we didn't expect them to be as good as they were going six and six. Like, I think they ended up with the record they probably deserve. Yeah. But I didn't see them getting there that way. You Agreed. know, agree. So, uh, but I also didn't know Arkansas was going to be as good as they are. I mean, like, I, you know, I just didn't I didn't see them beating the teams they beat, but then losing the teams they lost. But but at the end of the day, I kind of thought six and six seems right. That's fine. 
Um, I wish, I wish he would have stepped down, or I'd have known that he was available much sooner. Uh, because <laughs> there's a there's a road down in Baton Rouge that was that was looking for a DC not too long ago. Yes. So yes. Um, well, I think and, a lot of Brian places. Kelly, Brian Kelly has done an amazing job at re you know hiring, and that's fine. But Mason was on everybody's wish list last year. <laughs> no, so. you're you're not wrong about that. He uh, Mason was. He would have been even more uh, highly sought after uh, than than he is currently. I think you know the Oklahoma State job, if he gets it, is going to be a good fit. He's going to do well there. He does well everywhere he goes. He's he's always been a great defense coordinator when he was at Stanford, uh, at at Vanderbilt up until the last like two seasons. He had great defenses, like that was what kept them in most games. Uh, but this is you know all the stuff that's coming out now, obviously. The, the rats leaving the ship, and they have started to put out their information about, uh, you know, these coaches didn't get along with Harson and and then Harson's bunch is telling everybody, well, yeah, we were forced to hire these people, and blah, blah, and it's just, it is not going well in one calendar year since they uh, since they hired Brian Harson So we will see what ends up happening. I, I will tell you, uh, me bringing up Alabama and Georgia both playing in the national title game, uh, when you look at, you know, because the Josh Pate has brought this up multiple times on Late Kick. Auburn boosters give the same money that Alabama and Georgia boosters give. Like, it's not like they're being outbid and stuff like that. It is, that football program is not running at the same level. So it is, you know, things are things are changing uh, rapidly around them. And now Auburn, I mean, you've got to play Brian Kelly at LSU every year. You got to play Jimbo at Texas A&M and what they're doing in recruiting. You got Georgia on the schedule every year. You got Bama on the. I mean, it's it's getting a little more difficult. Uh, their road to being able to come back and, and be a successful program. So if you don't, yeah, hire but I've correctly, seen these things. I've seen these things turn around quickly. Oh yeah. So like at some point in time, we'll realize if Brian Harson's the guy or not. If he's not the guy, it'll it'll poke its head up pretty fast. Oh yeah. They'll make a change really quickly. Everybody will crush them. Oh, you fire people so fast. Oh, Bernard, it's on stable. It's because they don't have the right guy. So and when they when they, eventually they'll hire the right guy and then he'll be Tommy Tupper. Oh, sit there for eleven years. I'll be fine. Yeah, no, I, I don't think you're wrong. I don't think you're wrong. Uh, let's see, two more things. Uh, portal news. We always talk about uh, transfer portal news. Uh, Jermaine Burton, the uh, the big wide receiver out of Georgia, has announced he's going to Alabama. Uh, a lot of people thought that he might be a package deal with JT Daniels. That does not appear to be the case. It looks like JT Daniels might be headed back over to the West Coast. Um, Why would JT Daniels go to Alabama? Like, who thought no, he, that? He, I don't think anybody did think that i think uh they thought that burton was going to go they were like going to be a package Daniels. deal to like to you know north Ole carolina or something or like that wherever because okay. old, yeah. lane kiffin went to <laughs> athens to talk to both of them to try and convince them to come you know I apparently got you. they've got a really good connection and you know so it is what it is but because burton has already announced he's going to alabama uh, did that in the middle of the playoff games today uh or on sunday uh, you know it, it kind of changed things up uh no real updates on jackson dart as of right now, although... Uh, yeah, there is. He, he posted on Twitter yesterday that he was committing to Ole Miss. Uh, so that was not a commitment post. That was a, uh, hey, what do you guys think about this post? He did the exact same thing for Oklahoma. The really? Day yeah. Yeah. It's, That's pretty lame. Yeah, he it, it's him like post like wearing all of the Ole Miss gear and like all the... Yeah, that's why I thought it was a commitment yeah. post. Now, he, he did the same thing for, uh, for Oklahoma uh, before that, so... It's he he's feeling this thing out. Um, I'm looking at his Twitter page right now. Uh, 
Yeah, no no commitments. Uh, Hotty Toddy, oh, the move, and then the tweet right before that said, OU with the same uh, exclamation mark and, and question mark. Um, you know, so it's... He's he's filling it out. He's going to see which way he wants to go. I, all signs seem to point to Ole Miss. Uh, he would step in almost immediately as the starter. You know, I would imagine that's the way that that goes. And the Caleb Williams I, stuff. Uh, I oh, guess I didn't. I guess I didn't acknowledge the Oklahoma thing at all because once Oklahoma got Gabriel, I just assumed that that's over. Like o- he's Oklahoma, not going there. Oklahoma is pushing this as Gabriel has one season, and he's coming off a year where he was injured, so. You know, basically competition. Like they're they're promoting competition, and Caleb Williams has not you know said that he's not coming back to Oklahoma. But I think everybody pretty much assumes Oklahoma. that. Yeah, he ain't going to Oklahoma. Uh, Caleb Williams. Let's talk about that one right quick to to close out the transfer part. Uh, he is basically the way that this works is he wanted to be in classes for the spring semester. I think any one of these schools that is still after him is going to find a way to get him into classes and whatnot, regardless of when he decides. Like, That's I don't right. think it's going to matter, right? Because to go well, through spring practice, Especially if he goes to a state school. Oh, yeah. To, to get him into spring practice, he has to be enrolled. That's like an NCAA rule. But I think anybody's going to be able to figure out, hey, we'll just we'll find a way to, you know, work him through it, whatever. He's not enrolled anywhere as of right now. And... You know, we'll see. Uh, they're saying this could go as deep as March before he announces. And I don't know that I necessarily blame him because this is setting him up for whatever the next step is. Uh, I still like your idea on a and I, I still, like, I, I know everybody's pointing to USC, but like you said, uh, the further away this gets from his visit to L.A., I, I don't know that that is a shoe-in. So an A&M would not be a bad, bad landing spot. All right. Final topic of the day. You were just in Michigan. Uh, Jim Harbaugh to the NFL. It goes back and forth, back and forth. We get a report that, oh, he's certainly leaning towards going back to the NFL. And then you hear, oh, well, actually, it's more likely than not that he is going to stay at Michigan. And then this week, it becomes more, ah, you know, he's reaching out to more potential candidates to be on his coaching staff, et cetera. It looks like he might be going to the NFL. We won't hit too much on Harbaugh, but... All of the latest smoke right now is that Matt Rule has been in contact with people that would be uh, able to get him the Michigan job if it were to open. I would be a little bit surprised at Rule bowing out after just two years, but the way that things have gone at Carolina, would this surprise you if he were to leave and go to Michigan? Now, this is obviously a Penn State guy. He played at Penn State. He went to high school at State College High School or, or whatever the, the area school is up there. He is from Penn State. But if you get a chance to get back into college, into college football, the Michigan job is certainly one of the better options out there, right? I, I think That's that right. this would be a, a home run for both guys, uh, yep. both Michigan and Matt Rule. Agreed. Does it, does it surprise you at all? No, it doesn't surprise me. I think that's a, a match made in heaven if it happens. But you know how I feel about this stuff. I hate this, you know, message board bullshit. I don't, I don't give any credence to it. I don't give any volition to it. I don't care about any of it. Because you hear 9 million stories about a Yeti and nobody ever sees a Yeti. Okay? <laughs> like, it's just, this is just it. Like, like they're wrong 99% of the time. But yeah. they'll get one thing right. And then everyone will just give them a ton of credit for that. 
think that they have some type of inside knowledge. I don't know that that the people who make the decisions at Michigan definitely know that they can get him or that he can get that job if he wants it. Yeah. And yeah. maybe that's true, but, but I, you know, I'm not going to take these morons word for it. No, no, I totally, uh, I need to hear a real reporter. Tell me D- Dan Wetzel is the number one college football cover man in the country. And he is based out of Michigan. Okay. No one's more connected in that state in that area than him. I need to hear it from him on his podcast or hear him write about it. Yeah. Yeah. I can, I, I see where you're coming from on that. Um, like I'm not listening to these guys talk about it. I'm just not, I'm not hearing that. And so CBS sports, uh, brought this up about Matt rule being interested. Um, sports illustrated did an article on it, et cetera. Uh, but is he interested if the job opens is a different story than he has the job in the bag if he wants it. Those are two different things. True. I'm True. interested in a lot of things. I'm not going to have them. I'm not going to have access to them. Apparently, uh, this has something to do with why the search for an offensive coordinator for the Carolina Panthers is not going exactly well. Uh, Pep Hamilton turned them down you know he's there's there's been multiple guys that have turned down the Panthers at this point and I think part of that is because they don't know the stability of the situation right yeah. and I don't know that I blame them um which is why we both believed that Ryan Day was never going to take the Chicago Bears job even though he had been linked to it in the in the media multiple times um because he went out and hired a bunch of defensive staff but I see right? I disagree with that I just don't I don't think that matters because you still have this job to do. Okay. If the Carolina job was a good job, then these OCs, these OCs would be taking it because it's a good job to be the defensive coordinator at Ohio state and to get that contract. And if Matt rule leaves and you lose your, your job and your livelihood, you don't think they're capable of going and getting another job. They'll be like the hottest guys on the market. Hey, they're going to get paid for this year to do nothing. And if they don't get retained by the next staff. So true. Like, like, no, you have to keep doing the job you're doing now, regardless of what you might end up doing in a week or two. Okay. I, I can see where you're coming from. I don't from. I don't think those things are correlated at all. At okay. all. Okay. I can get down with that. All right. So Ed, so bottom line, you would not be surprised if Rule is interested in this job if it were to no. open. That's right. And I think it's going to – there's a part of me that I think it's going to open, but that's because I think the NFL game is better than the college game. And I think these guys are all professionals, and I think Harbaugh was a hell of a success in the in the professional game, and I think he can be again. I, I tend to agree. I tend to agree. I just don't know if you have the ability to coach at that level why you would not coach at that level. I, I think there's some great college football coaches, great ones. And, and I don't think any of them are as good as the 90% of the pro coaches. They're just not. Because if they were, they'd be up there doing that. And you have a very, very strong point there. Very strong point. All right, we have gone uh, nearly an hour and a half. So let's go ahead and, and wrap this baby up. Is there any other topics that, uh, that you want to hit on? Oh, no. Let's go All right, back. let's go ahead and get out of here. This was a lot of fun. It was nice to get back into the swing of things a little bit. Uh, I am still struggling, but we'll survive. We will make it Tuesday night, uh, Wednesday morning, whatever. We will have the NFL picks for the coming weekend, so be sure to tune in for that one as well. Um, 
this is fun. This is a lot of fun. It was nice to actually react to the NFL games after they they actually finished, as opposed to waiting for a few days. So right. let's uh, let's go ahead and get out of here. You guys have been fantastic. Uh, we didn't do the the read earlier, but uh, go to the website winningcureseverything.com. If you haven't subscribed, do so please to the podcast and to the YouTube channel uh, on the podcast, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. You can leave a review, five stars, written review, if you would so kindly. That would certainly help us out. Uh, along with that. You can follow us on Twitter. So you see it on the screen there, but I'm at GaryWCE. Chris is at ChrisBGiannini. And then, of course, there is the uh, other one, which is at Winning Cures. You can watch the show over there, etc. Uh, the show brought to you by BetUS. It is where the game begins, America's premier online sports book. Tons of great bonuses, tons of great deals and whatnot right now. So go ahead and check them out. Just go over to your browser, type in BetUS.com, or there is a link in the description for that. And... I host the BetUS College Football Show. It's every Wednesday afternoon. Uh, it is live for the majority of them, uh, but going into you know the the postseason content, we will uh, we'll be recording some things and uh, and posting those. So we'll you know just hit the notification bell once you sign up or uh, subscribe over there. Very easy to do. Chris, this has been fun. I'm looking forward to doing our Wednesday picks segment. Uh, my brother, I will uh, I will talk to you later on. Yes, sir. All right. Everybody, take care of yourself, take care of each other, and hopefully, hopefully, all of you tickets cash this week. Thanks for checking out Winning Cures Everything. If you want to keep up with us, hit subscribe on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. Visit the website at winningcureseverything.com, or you can like us on Facebook or follow us at Winning Cures, at Gary WCE, or at Chris B. Giannini on Twitter. Share out the show, leave a nice review, and make sure to comment and tweet at us. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.